0: I'm going to organize a urban property investor party and uh, if you like the show and you happen to be around, you can come along and we'll do a quick episode on property and after it we'll have a few drinks and have a bit of fun because life is about fun. Life is about doing things. Life is more than real estate. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth today. Show a code cracker. We're going to dig into the pros and the cons of the Australian property market. Yes, Is property investment even still a thing? Should we be buying real estate after what we've just experienced with the pandemic and the stimmy boom into the real estate marketplace? Does real estate have a future in Australia for property investors? Will we actually even make money out of real estate if we do become property investors today into the Australian property frenzy. Hey, I tell you what, we're going to go over pros and cons. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. We are a mad bunch here. Make sure you play the show in double speed. And of course, uh, all the episodes of the Urban Property Investor are actually lessons on real estate, so feel free to go back. Today is an auspicious occasion. Yes, it is the big moment. We've reached The 100th episode of the Urban Property Investor. That's amazing. I tell you what, when I started the show, I never thought I could get to 100 episodes. Uh, I've never interviewed anyone, it's just been me producing content about real estate. So if you're a long term listener, thank you for following me on this journey. I'm about to raise the bat. Yes, when cricketers score 100, they get to raise the bat. When podcasters score 100, they now also get to raise the kookaburra and uh, celebrate the milestone. Now, I will admit four of the episodes were repeats, but I'm going to call them leg buys I got away with when it came to podcasting. In fact, I may raise the bat again on the 104th episode. i tell you what, a few people inside my business thought we should be doing a live one for the 100th episode. Yes, we could add a live audience and... Uh, I declined the offer only because I'm super busy with the real estate market right now. But I tell you what, I like the idea of doing some live podcasts. I don't know about you, but why not? Why don't we get together? I'll throw on the Ritz. We'll have a bit of a party. Uh, We can get pissed together. Yes, I'm going to organize a urban property investor party. And uh, if you like the show and you happen to be around, you can come along And we'll do a quick episode on property and after it, we'll have a few drinks and have a bit of fun because life is about fun. Life is about doing things. Life is more than real estate. But I tell you what, I think we should do some cons and pros, some negatives and pluses when it comes to real estate. So let's do it. To celebrate the 100th episode of the Urban Property Investor, let's explore whether real estate is still going to be worthwhile investing in today and into the future when it comes to being an investor in real estate. So I think the first con we need to go through is rates. Now, you have to excuse me one minute. I'm just going to close a blind. Uh, the sun's beaming in my eyes. Just one sec. There goes Rafi. Now yeah, Rafi's heard me He's barking. I think the gospodars I just caught... Whiff of him across the street. It wouldn't be an episode unless the Gospodar uh, made an appearance. And on the 100th episode, I really like the sounds of that. Yes, the Gospodar is about to launch the leaf blow. I just caught wind of him out the window. Uh, So that's great, isn't it? We wouldn't be celebrating the 100th episode without the Gospodar making an appearance, an annoying appearance. In fact, I'm going to put that down as the first con of real estate Ownership and real estate investment is annoying neighbors with leaf blowers. But let's get into some more serious cons when it comes to real estate. I think we're going to put down uh, interest rate movement at the moment. Obviously, it's the talk of the town. Inflation rates going up, the cost of money, the cost to borrow money becoming a, a conversation piece in real estate. Certainly, I'm going to put it in the con section. It's a little bit of a dampener at the moment when it comes to some of the mood floating around real estate. But let's face it, borrowing money at this level of uh, rates is ridiculously low. And even where it gets to where most economists are reporting, it'll probably have a cash rate of anywhere from one to two and a half percent by 2024, where it will peak, probably come back down. I don't think it's too bad when it comes to real estate. Uh, Certainly, obviously, when rates go up, your principal doesn't go on and double. It's just the rates moving. Uh, It's a very normal thing. We've come off a very low base when you've got the lowest rate in the history of Australia. Obviously, the next place for it to go is eventually higher. So I like it. I like a little bit of stability coming back into the real estate marketplace around rates. I don't think it's a good idea that we have low rates forever. I don't like the idea of people who uh, shouldn't come into the real estate market doing so. If we can remember how the GFC unfolded, it was lending money to people who couldn't and shouldn't have borrowed money. So low rates um, for me are not necessarily a good thing. But I have certainly put this in the con section of the Australian property markets. Most people see it as a bit of a con. And of course, most people are the sentiment of the marketplace. The next con I'm going to put inside of doing business in Australian real estate is the media. The media treat real estate as absolute clickbait. Now, real estate is a long-term vehicle like to become you know, wealthy out of real estate. It takes time. The biggest problem you face as a property investor is the problem of time. Sure, you can make a quick 50 grand, a quick 100 grand here or there, but to make the millions, you got to do the yards when it comes to real estate. You've got to pay the price and the price is generally time in the marketplace. And of course, the media disrespect this fact that for real estate to become uh, a big, uh, wealthy thing for most people, it's 15 years, it's 20 years. So every night something goes on the news, you know, there's bait about, you know, a day wouldn't pass by in Australian real estate without bait, you know, property renovation disaster, uh, you know, property market goes down 0.1 of a percent. 0.01%. 0.01%. I mean, how is that even newsworthy? So what? Why are we even talking about this? But of course, uh, news on real estate sells because so many Australians' wealth is interfacing with the real estate market that even a blip and a blap um makes the news these days because real estate is the bedrock of Australian wealth. So it, uh I, I think it's amazing. I think with all the things going on in the world, all the good news stories available in the world, we're still reporting on real estate like it's the stock market. It's not the stock market. You shouldn't even care if uh, the median price buffers about and it's reported on the news. It is not news. It is bait. You are the bait. Don't be the bait. Uh, be better than that. Um, so I'm going to put that as a con. I think uh, the next con in real estate is, in general, the best suburbs in our biggest and best cities have gone. The prices have bolted. You missed the boat. You should have bought. Uh, you didn't. and Or you did. And you're happy. Uh, if you didn't, you know, you're wishing you did. And so as a real estate investor, we now need to be very shrewd as to where we invest. We've got to make decisions on... Uh, suburbs which you know are not the best Ivy League suburbs of cities um, unless we've got the money to back up that that situation. and in most of our cities house prices are now million dollars plus uh, for a good suburb to get a property it's one and a half it's two and a half it's even uh, in Sydney today closer to three million dollars. so the best, locations have gone this is why we talk about location 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 so we've got to re-emulate today in the real estate market where is the next good location that has the same fundamentals as the best location where the horse is bolted and that's what i do every day i try and study affordable suburbs highly livable that mirror really incredible locations. And for property investors, it means shopping at a less or a more affordable price where the consensus is built into that price that the area is not polished. It's not the best place to to own real estate today. Um, So it's a con in the marketplace, but it can be addressed if you know what you're doing. Today, the best suburbs uh, have the horses bolted. That's the truth of the real estate marketplace. I'm going to put that down as a con if you're investing today. We need to find the next suburb. How do we do that? We've got to work out affordability metrics and livability metrics. Uh, Time to save a deposit, I think, is a bit of a con um, for the marketplace. It's meaning people can't enter the marketplace unless they're stimulated Into the marketplace and of course government is doing a lot to stimulate people into the marketplace the average age of someone entering the australian marketplace today is 36 years of age so it's for many people becoming a a property owner with a mortgage is happening later in life and of course uh, if we study when people first got into the market It was an earlier age. And so the lesson here is you've got to start saving as soon as possible. There's no gap year for many, many people. Now, the first five years, seven years of my economic life, I was an economic invalid. I was an idiot. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just uh, making things up as I went along. And uh, today, I don't think you can leave school or leave university and be an economic invalid you don't have time on your hands. You've got to know what you want, where you want to go. You've got to uh, press the button. You've got to start saving. You've got to move quicker. And uh, that's tough for a lot of people because most people don't know themselves until they're at least 30. So I don't know if I could do that. Uh, you know, I was a, I was a, a, a Gopnik for many, many years and uh, I wasn't saving my pennies as well as I should be. So... I think for a lot of people, um, you know, they've got to they've got to get their financial world and the education behind it, or they face the reality that they probably won't be buying a property till they're close to forty, which does not sound good. It's a con. Uh, governments, of course, are doing their very best to help people overcome the problem of not having deposits and entering real estate later in life. Um, so that people can become property owners earlier in life. And, of course, they're doing that through first homeowner schemes here, there, and everywhere. I think the next con of the Australian property market is it is a command-led market. It is not a free marketplace. If it was a free marketplace... During COVID-19, I could have been buying other people's property off them, perhaps for 20 or 30 or 40% below what they paid for it because they panicked and pushed the panic button. But it doesn't work like that and we all have learned the lesson that the command led economy steps in to the real estate market to prop it up. Uh The four horsemen, if you like, being the Reserve Bank, the government, the federal government of the day, the big four banks of Australia, and the regulator being APRA, really do command the economy. And I put this down as a con, even though many people would probably see this as a bit of a pro when it comes to real estate. The fact that government actually cares about real estate, they've got a lot of vested interest in real estate, they get money out of real estate, they get paid every time someone buys a property, they've got the hand in the till when it comes to real estate. Hey, perhaps it is a pro. I don't know. But uh, certainly for most governments, most uh, regulators, most banks, they've all got a financial interest in this thing. So the challenge with that is not a free market. So you, you, you know, you often hear this kind of conversation, you know, uh, buy when there's blood in the street. Well, there's not often blood in the street in the real estate marketplace. Uh, If there was, I'd probably own a bucket load more real estate than I do today. Uh, Quite often, um, you know, the command-led economy, if you like, steps into the real estate marketplace, stimulates it, keeps it going, keeps it moving. Um, And again, like, I'm all for capital growth, but uh, I personally, you know, call me a contrarian, wouldn't mind a free marketplace where the odd bit of damage was done here or there. But I think for most people, homeowners, the wealth effect, We've got to p- make people feel good. So prop up the house price, make everything uh, tick over. People feel wealthy, they spend. If they're spending, that's another job for someone else. That's kind of the model. Um, so the command led economy, if you like, I think could be a meddler into the future. So I'm going to put it as a con. Uh, I think inequality is a real thing. I think, um, you know, potentially governments down the trap will uh track will potentially you know do things like rental freezers you can't put your rents up on people uh all sorts of things i think down the track um the inequality conversation is going to get deeper and darker and uh so i'm going to put that as a con i think government interference into the real estate market is a bit of a con Uh, I would like a free market. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to get my wish. It's a command led economy. The four horsemen are in charge. You've heard me talk about it. Let's move on. Uh, Now, the next one could be a pro as well as a con. The pro is we are at the lowest level when it comes to the jobless rate, really in the history of Australia. Like when you think about it, right? If someone lost their job today and they had a massive mortgage, they can just go and get another job. So like the real estate market's going to be very resilient off the back of that. i put it as a con by virtue of we've probably reached the peak, right? You can't go any lower. So really the only way, rather like interest rates, when you've reached the bottom, uh, when you've reached the, you know, uh, fundamentally the lowest point, uh, really the, the next point is back up. And I think you'll find that even though we're at sort of circa – you know, mid threes with unemployment, maybe it'll come become, you know, 4% or 4.5% again and everyone will be like, wow, unemployment's rising. Um, but let's face it, we are ridiculously low. Like you can get a job today. P- Basically, unemployment can not get to 0% because a lot of people do not want a job. So interesting place. So I'm going to put it as a con, but the more I think about it, it's probably a pro, that we have such a jobless rate as to what it is today. Uh, The next con, if you like, is something I've talked about a lot. And again, I won't harp on about it. Uh, It is the 100th episode. So we can't do the 100th episode without talking about the fire economy. Uh, The fire economy, of course, is that big industries through finance, insurance and real estate investment trusts, really do run the show when it comes to our CBDs. They are the businesses in our CBDs. They are connected to the stock market. They are running migration economics. You bring more people here, you sell them a house, you start a coffee shop, and that is the services economy of Australia. For me, I put it as a con because there's plenty of con job marketplaces, uh, areas which basically by virtue of just bringing more migrants here exist. And again, like I don't like that as an investment opportunity. I think uh, there are some good suburbs emerging in emerging places. There are great suburbs which are built for the economy of tomorrow, tomorrow marketplaces, if you like. But there are also weird little places that fundamentally should not exist but do through fire economics. More people, more real estate, more taxes, more turnover, more revenue. Hey, if we can avoid that, I think uh, we don't even have to put it on the table as a con. Uh, The next thing I think we need to establish is a lot of real estate has future capital costs problems. I think it's a con in the marketplace. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the costs to reinvigorate real estate in the marketplace is underpriced. I don't think people really know the true price of uh, what they're sitting on. As long as people got very good land content, uh, land value, it probably does not um, matter. But where I see challenges and cons in the real estate market is C and D grade locations, C and D grade dwellings, uh, C and D grade land. It's it's a massive con for investors because investors um, tend to shop where that urban decay, that deprivation, if you like, is available. And I think, uh, you know, I'm going to put that as a con because it's not the best land. It's not the best location. Uh, It's not even B grade land, B grade location. And the dwellings that are there are full of future capital costs, which is just going to hurt people's back pocket as property investors, that is for sure. So let's go through the pros. Uh, You know, again, it's the hundredth episode. Uh, Should we even still be property investing? Like we've got to that point in Australia. Doesn't it feel like we've got to that point where we're like, why are we even doing this? Like properties seemingly are so expensive. Can I one day also expect to get growth on my assets? Is there a future? Is there a tomorrow? Uh, Is property investment even going to be a thing? Now, I can tell you, I've given myself until the Olympic Games in Brisbane to be a property investor, then I'm not going to be a property investor. I'm going to be a property owner, I'm going to be a huge landlord, Uh, and the reason being is uh, if everything unfolds the way I think it is, we're going to see another big structural shift in the 2030s, which will push real estate even further up in value, but let's go through the pros. Obviously, in 2032, uh, just a caveat to that, I'm not going to be working. I'm going to be retired. I'm uh, obviously not needing investments past 2032. So uh, for me, it's the tap out zone. So I've given myself another 10 years to tap out of this thing called work, tap out of this thing called property investment. I'm going to be living off cash flow. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to become a YouTuber. I might YouTube the world, filming myself for three people watching. That is potentially what I'm going to do. Let's go through the pros. I think a pro of the real estate marketplace is the yields. Um, Yes, the return. Um, Now, some people would argue with that, and certainly for the best pockets of real estate today the yield is very very low like you need to have bought there the horses bolted you should have bought there 20 years ago if you wanted the return um now i own some freaking premium real estate in a grade locations and uh the yield today for those properties would be one percent i can get a five percent yield because i bought there a long time ago right So yield though today in the marketplace is impressive for what it is compared to the cost of money. The cash rate still being very, very low compared to the yield that is possible for investors. And today, still good yields, gross returns, if you like, of four, five, uh, even up to 6% we've seen are available. Obviously, you have to uh, net out that money, value proposition, but you're still uh, competitive compared to the cost to borrow money. So I'm going to put the yields in the pro section. I actually think we have pretty stable yields going in the right direction. And I think if you add on to that, that rents are going to be uh, increase. We've got a rental crisis here in Australia. The yield, the rental crisis, the future rent of your investment property is going to be better than what it is today. So I'm going to put that down as a pro. Everyone likes more cash flow. Rents going up is going to be a pro to the real estate marketplace. The second pro I'm going to put down goes back to one of my cons, which was the command-led economy. As I alluded to, I'm not a fan of the command-led economy, but many people are. And of course, uh, the fact that government is pro-property ownership. We know that the government, federal government, state governments want people to be property owners. They're helping people with grants. They're helping people with 1st homeowners schemes, deposit schemes, you name it. Um, this is a pro in the context that any future supply is going to be absorbed by 1st homeowners. owners. Like stock levels are going to remain low when there's low stock levels, when there's lots of demand, even artificially led through the command-led economy it usually means stability in the real estate marketplace because there's buyer interest out there in the real estate marketplace. So definitely a pro right now, if you were to measure the real estate marketplace is the fact that governments uh, and government are very, very interested. They want people to be property owners. They're helping people do that. Now, the, the converse of that is there is no government grants. There is no helping people coming into the market. There is new, no ju- new generation coming through the system. And, of course, that uh, would be the negative, right? So it's very much a pro that government is pro-property right now, right? And, again, another pro, which, again, sounds like one of my cons because I'm not a command-led economy fan, uh, is that, public servants today are the biggest industry in Australia. Like there is more people working for the government than any other industry. It is the number one industry in Australia. So you've got to pay the piper. And like in some respects, stamp duty is a pro in Australia. The fact that uh, you, the government gets to clip the ticket off the real estate marketplace Actually, means they're making revenue. They're part of the system. They're embedded into the system. They want the system to work so they can make more money. So there's more public servants, right? And so, uh, in some respects, like like it's it's a pro for the property market because you do government doesn't want the property market slowing down because again, no one wants to make. Cuts to the public service system, but if you don't collect enough tax, you've got to make cuts to the public service system. It's a big industry today and it's one to watch. And uh, again, if there's uh, less absorption of real estate happening, less money ticking over the system, state governments, public servants, biggest industry today in Australia, hey, I think it's a pro in the context that uh, maybe it's both a negative and a positive more I think about it now before the show I came up I'll put this one in the pro I'll put this one in the in the negatives uh, in the cons more I talk through this there's there's trade-offs between the two right Probably the biggest pro uh, positive for the Australian property market is the supply of real estate like there is none. I don't think apartment complexes will be built into the future like that it's the cost to build them uh, to deliver them. The mathematics just do not work. Like so many sites today do not stack up. And again, if we're probably going to see a bit of bloodshed spilt, it's from the development end of the market where land sites, which are zoned or valued based on their commercial use, their mixed use, not their residential use, Uh, They may be development sites as residential properties. I think um, in some respects, they just don't work. They're going to have to come down in value to accommodate for the build prices, which uh, again, it doesn't necessarily affect houses being sold in the street because they're being valued at a different level. They're being valued based on comparable sales of houses and so forth being sold in the street. But site values could be under pressure. Um, again, if you're a land banker, if you're into development, um, it's actually a bit of a pro that this is happening. There's going to be better values to buy sites, to produce stock, to potentially be an armchair developer, to to make some money um, as a trader. I think it's a good trading market coming through the system. But as for supply, reaching the street level where someone goes to buy a home on a weekend – no stock, incredibly low. Again, I do not think apartment complexes will exist. Like it is that bad. i I do not know uh, that many apartment complexes that are being produced in premium locations to buy at the moment. they, they, they don't seem to exist. And again, if they uh, if they are being advertised, like some of them, you're like, that's not going to get off the ground. That's not priced right. Like if you understand pricing, um, you can see, you know, there is not much stock coming through the system at all. And when you go back to the government being pro, you know, first housing, you know, start a family. Well, of course, all the new homes being produced are being absorbed by the first homeowners. So that's one for one. That's not providing more stock. That's basically dealing with a new generation coming through the system who want to be homeowners. So no stock like we are at a uh, all time low. It's a critical low. Um, I actually think what will end up happening is government may have to command the economy around this. We may see a sovereign building fund being created to deal with the problem that there's no stock being produced. Like you can't have a migration plan of 40 million people by mid century and have nowhere for them to live. That formula does not work so completely undersupplied and of course um i think that is probably the one thing inside the real estate market which is just incredible like why would we still not get more growth if there's no stock being produced um i think we will see growth by virtue of undersupplied and i've talked about this before the apartment market is very much undervalued compared to the housing market at the moment and if anything we may see a, an apartment growth spurt by virtue of the undersupply and one of the things which you know constantly meddles with apartment values is the changing market landscape of continuous supply when you remove continuous supply current supply and future supply there is no supply And of course, what that ultimately means is there's going to be a price adjustment, probably for the apartment section, where we see this kind of correction of the mean, where the apartment market starts to become even more and more valuable, catching up to the housing market. It has, to, it has to unfold, um, you know, particularly if you're tracking affordability metrics in many, many uh, premium places in cities. I think uh, the next pro to the real estate market is, without question, the tax advantages of real estate. Real estate uh, in Australia is very tax effective for uh, people who earn a wage. And as such, um, still with negative gearing being available, still with... Um, you, know, you being able to uh, offset um, your income with the losses from real estate, um, still being able to claim depreciation, still being able to claim expenses, repairs, maintenance. Um, it is very, very tax effective and without question, a major pro inside Australian real estate. I think the next to Australian real estate is, without question, long-term migration. Like, let's face it, not many countries have a business plan by mid-century to hit 40 million people. Like, that's a lot of people. And again, migration economics, I've talked about it all day. You guys know all about this stuff. Uh, whether you think it's a Ponzi scheme or not, I'll leave that up to you to, you know, contemplate on. But the sheer concept is, more migrants, like we create a domestic economy off the back of that. Uh, that's more industry working. That's more uh, homes need to be created. Migrants don't bring homes with them. And again, if we can bring the right skill into the economy, there's been a lot of studies to show that the overall output of that is creates uh, a better situation overall for commerce, for business, Or wealth in general of a society now you gotta understand like most countries are losing people people are leaving people are like like the the loss of talent the brain drain for most countries is crippling them that there is no growth in property when you're losing people fleeing your country um When you get a brain gain, when more smarter people come into your economy, your economy grows off the back of that. And of course, like I said, people don't bring homes with them. So I think we can all put to bed that, you know, Australia is stagnant in that place. It is never going to be stagnant. It's a big country. We have big cities. We can grow them. Uh, We're happy to bring people here. We've always been a land of migration. It'll continue to be that way. People uh, think about Australia in a good light. Brand Australia is seemingly a good option for people. It may not be the best option, but it's not certainly the worst. Um, You know, if you're growing up in Central Europe, Eastern Europe, the United Kingdom, you know, it's fucking cold, it's rainy. Like, you know, people have no teeth sitting in the pub smashing schooners. Like there's so much better life. Just the lifestyle options of Australia really do make it stand out from the crowd. Beaches, sunshine. Some of our cities, like Perth, has like something like 240 sunny days a year. I mean, it's just an incredible opportunity for people to come and live. So migration, absolute pro to the Australian property market. We'll stabilize it for a very very long time. No supply. Lots of migrants, absolute, absolute pro. I think uh, the next, I guess, uh, pro to the Australian property market, certainly right now, is the flow of money. I mean, it's still very easy to go and get a loan. Yes, it costs more to get a loan. Still very easy, though. Like, we've gone through that deleveraging that happened in 2016, 17, 18. APRA stepped in, one of the horsemen took out the marketplace by saying no one can borrow anything. You're all uh, over indebted to the marketplace. Start paying down your loans. We did that. We went on the debt reduction program. There is no deleveraging. So think of this as a massive pro because, uh, like I've alluded to in past podcasts, you know, typically it's not the cost of money that's the problem with the real estate; it's the access to money, Um, and money access is pretty simple at the moment for most people, which is a good thing uh, for the real estate marketplace to keep chipping away at it, keep. Um, being very, very stable. And if stable is just not prices going dramatically Brackford's, that's good. Like you can't have years of incredible 20% growth every single year. It doesn't work like that, real estate. So uh, we are certainly entering a golden period, I think, when it comes to some of the pros of the real estate marketplace. Certainly one thing I think uh, is very, very interesting for the real estate marketplace across Australia, is we've got a lot of equity in properties. Now, Sydney and Melbourne have always been probably the leaders in having equity. And when your property's got equity in it, what it really means is people can sell up, they can sell uh, down, they can right-size their options, they can move. They've got uh, not just their deposit making the real estate market turn over. In other words, they've got the ability to sell their real estate and buy another property because they've got equity, which usually means the next property they buy, they've got more cash to put into it. So we have a situation where all of a sudden our real estate markets across the country are very fluid. Now, if you think about places like Adelaide and Brisbane, you know, they went sort of 15 years without much growth being put into those marketplaces. So for 15 years, if someone wanted to sell their house and buy a new one, really the only thing they had was their deposit. In other words, they were selling it for what they bought it for. They had a deposit in there and they had to go and use that deposit to buy another house. Um, Again, like they were using savings to run those marketplaces so many many marketplaces around australia were unequitable they had no equity in them uh, if you had bought there um, you know unless you bought there 40 years ago there was no equity in your house and of course this meant many of these marketplaces were less fluid like days on the market were longer because people were using savings constantly to move the marketplace Uh, you know, if you sold your house and you'd save some more money, you had a bigger deposit, you could buy a better house. That's the theory, right? Today's that's no longer a problem anywhere in Australia. There's not many places in Australia where this is a problem anymore. Most properties in Australia today have equity in them. So, what this ultimately means is people can trade and do things. So, sales rates can be quite fluid and one of the things that has always annoyed a lot of property investors is Sydney and Melbourne have always been fluid marketplaces. Like whether it's a good market, whether it's a bad market, whether the news is gloomy or or great, things sell. doesn't matter. Like there's usually movement in the market. Whereas some of our smaller places, which haven't received the wealth effect uh, in recent times, and obviously we've had a bit of a lost decade there in certain marketplaces, there's been no fluidity because there's been no equity. So what does this ultimately mean? It means that people can move their money around. The fluidity of money is going to happen in the real estate market. It's not locked. Uh, I could, uh, you know, seeing a gain in my, I don't know, property in Brisbane, if I don't want that property, I've got money in that property. I can go now put that in another property. That's the concept, right? So, What's so fascinating, I think, about Australian real estate across most marketplaces, regional towns, bigger cities, they're fluid. They're fluid. There's money in the homes. There's equity in the homes. And when people have got equity, they do things with it. And again, um, you know, a lot of people were negative equity in many marketplaces. And, of course, this creates a trap effect of money. So money's going to move it's a massive pro to the real estate marketplace. I think the next pro to Australian property is without question, infrastructure spend, like, we all know it, like there's money being spent, you know, you got things like the Olympics unfolding, you've got which would won't only affect um, uh, Brisbane, I mean, obviously, it's going to you know be great for brisbane but there'll be jobs created all over the country the tourism um the 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 brand recognition of australia infrastructure between the cities and of course the rugby world cups just been announced um that it's uh it's an australian thing as well so like some of the biggest events in the world are coming you know between now and 2032 and of course infrastructure spend off the back of these things as well as other infrastructure which is being spent you know we got things like airports being created in western sydney melbourne's spend is just off its head we've got loop rails like melbourne's going to end up like london it's going to have an underground you know kind of concept which you know is going to i i again game change that city so some of the state government spends are just beyond belief like Infrastructure in Australia is being spent on, and of course, again, a lot of that infrastructure changes the landscape of real estate for the better. You know, when things come to your town, your village, your suburb, and it's creating a better mobility system, a better uh, ability for the people to discover your suburb. Infrastructure provides discovery, if you like, and uh, again, it it pushes values in the right directions. So, I think. Uh, we've got a massive pro there when it comes to real estate. I think, uh, the next pro if you like is definitely leverage. Like we can still borrow, let's face it. If we're prepared to, you know, get mortgage insurance and pay for that, we can borrow 90% as a property investor. I mean, that's bananas. Um, that is so good. Like some countries you can't do that. Like secondhand real estate in New Zealand, I believe the loan to value ratio is sixty percent to go and buy a secondhand property. They loosen it to eighty percent for new properties so that you know new supply is delivered into the marketplace. So imagine, imagine coming up with a forty percent deposit. I mean, obviously it's possible, but you know it's so much nicer having access to eighty and ninety percent home loans. It's a dream come true, and I think. You know, one thing my father's always taught me is don't uh, underestimate the value of leverage because there's been many times in Australia where 90% loans have not been a thing, right? So the pro to Australian real estate is so many lenders, so many non-banks, so many banks, so many um, alternative lending solutions that leverage and competition is rife in Australia. And it does allow you to, um, you know, obviously you know, take a hundred thousand dollars and, you know, go and get a $750,000 property. I mean, leverage is, is the key principle real estate investment. Obviously, if you get 10% return eventually on your, uh, you know, $750,000 property, you know, it's far greater than an unleveraged product, which is like 10% return on your, $50,000, which is what's that? You know, 10 5,000 bucks, you know, 10% return on a $750,000 investment, 75 grand, right? So the power of leverage uh, is strong in Australia. And uh, I think it's a massive pro, right? A massive, massive pro. Uh, I think the next pro is the amount of debt in Australian real estate compared to equity. Uh, Now, CoreLogic put out a report, you know, $10 trillion worth of real estate, $2 trillion worth of debt, $8 trillion worth of equity. Again, this is sort of going back to what I was talking about with fluidity. Like there's a lot of money out there. And if it moves, you're going to see movement in real estate values, which is just incredible. And again, uh, a lot of that equity is something I'm exploring to the wealth effect or the wealth transfer of the aging and dying populations in Australia. A lot of money is trapped at the top of the funnel, you know, 85-year-olds with $4 million houses with two kids, um, inheritance coming through the system. And again, like I'm uh, I'm doing some work on this as we speak. Um, I'm talking to, uh, you know, some demographers right now to study when that wealth transfer is going to unfold because I'm very interested in it because – it will create a structural shift. So if you feel like you've got nothing to look forward to in Australian real estate, that's not true. Demographically speaking, we know some of the spatial transformation, some of the wealth transformation that is currently unfolded has been millennials having kids needing bigger homes, needing more space. We know that uh, there is a wealthy transfer of wealth. Like think about that, right? 10 trillion in real estate, two trillion in debt. There's eight trillion somewhere. Uh, what we believe is a lot of that 8 trillion is with people today who are reaching you know, the maximum life expectancy and that money is going to start to move around. Again, that is a structural shift. If you release trillions in real estate in value to the next person, what do they do? They typically spend it and of course, quite often use that spending to upgrade their lifestyle Uh, live a better life we've only got one of it so i think um without question that is going to unfold and i think the final pro to the australian property market is people still dream and aspire to be property owners in australia and without question i think that in itself sums up australian property and why we should still have faith in australian real estate today uh people um you know want to become property owners they want to become property investors uh people want to hold real estate um the average hold time of australian real estate is increasing people don't want to let go of the stuff um you know like if we look at that lag indicator alone that people do not want to let go of real estate they are holding it for longer just shows how Valuable real estate actually is. They're uh, not making too much more of it at the moment, so get in if you can. Uh, don't let, uh, you know, uh, little things like media clickbait cheat you out of your opportunity. Real estate is going to be valuable, um, and certainly, certainly, as we see the wealth transformation effect unfold uh, into the future, we're going to see big structural shifts. What does that mean? Well, maybe that property today which is 750 does go on to become you know 1.1 1.2 because more money comes into the system so i tell you what they're the pros and cons of australian real estate this is the 100th episode raising the bat for the final time signing off uh sam saggers i will catch you next time on the next episode of the urban property investor Thanks for tuning into the urban property investor to never miss an episode make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on youtube i would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family in between episodes you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over facebook instagram or linkedin Until we meet again on the next episode with the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.